What is up for realers? Coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This is For, for Real. I am Greg. And I'm Tyler. And this week we've got nothing but action for you guys. Shoot, there's a lot that's going on in the a, industry. A lot happened a in l- the past week. Oh my goodness. Uh, so much information. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I uh, had a coffee. I'm, I'm awake. That's good. The sun is shining. Yeah. Sun is shining. Uh, it's a beautiful... There's no construction. No construction. Not today. No, no external sounds. It's just going to be you guys and us. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk a lot about what's going... What has happened this past week. To drop into our first segment, we got them hits and whiffs. The first hit and whiff is uh, Gemini Man. Speaking of <laughs> uh, hitting and whiffing, My oh goodness. man, there's there's so much to talk about. We will touch on it later. But uh, box office, uh, I had eighteen, Greg had twenty. Where did it hit? At twenty. Point five. It's 20 and a half, guys. I think that this week's first hit and whiff goes to Greg. It's it, been a long time. It's been a long time. It guys. does go to you, but we both kind of projected that this was going to do worse than what the industry was kind of saying that it was going to do. Yeah. So I, 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 I would say it's a... I mean, I'm obviously you... I mean, you nailed it. Yeah. But I'm going to say I think we were both onto something. So I, think, I think Tyler's <laughs> just trying to... Pull into my only victory in the past oh, couple weeks. Wow! I I would take this one wholesale. I'm I'm giving it to you. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I'm just saying I think it speaks to uh, a, a wider thing. That, no, most definitely. That that we were both like, I don't think that this is going to perform. No, and and as much as I I wanted it to perform because there's there's a lot of like, uh, I would say, there was a lot of hopefulness because of the huge will smith fan that i am i was hoping that this would do better than even what i expected uh, it was lucky to cruise over 20 million it just slightly edged it so tyler you're right i think that we uh we should probably get some jobs at the studio and let them know. <laughs> this movie ain't gonna do that great and and again paramount Yeesh. come on guys <laughs> come on guys let's do this right uh, secondly, we got on our hits and whiffs. We got the Adams Family. Uh, this weekend, a lot of kids went out to go watch this movie. We said last week we don't know who came out for this movie, but then again, the, uh, Tyler, what did you have it at? I had it at uh, thirty-five. Tyler had it at thirty-five. I was underestimating it. I threw it at twenty-five million. Tyler, what did we hit? Thirty, right in the middle of our projections. <laughs> so I went high and you went low mm-hmm. in this. Five five mil, both ways. Right down the middle. Um, this one goes to Tyler. Uh, Adam's family cruising over thirty million this weekend. Uh, honestly, could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. That's this not. It's not a franchise that's well known to the kids, but it's animated. Uh, there was not that much animated product out in the theaters this weekend. Uh, so Adam's family took that cruising in especially a couple weeks before halloween like it just kind of falls in in line right there um it makes sense so adam's family with the hit this week and tyler with another win on the hits and whiffs but then the last movie that we got was 
Jaxi. Ooh. Jaxi. What? The, the... What movie is that? <laughs> Jaxi is a story about um, an AI going crazy in love with with this gentleman and uh, and becoming a psycho. It's uh, like if Siri fell in love with you. Yeah, and and then and then got jealous. <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, the comedy this weekend. Uh, Tyler, what did you have it at? I had it at three. Three million flat. Greg could not believe that it would do that low and put it at five. Tyler, what did it hit at? It hit at three. Nail on the head. Good job, Tyler. You, you nailed Gemini Man and I and nailed I Jexy? nailed Jexy, which oh, is... And we were right in the middle for Adam's family, so... <laughs> is that 1.5 either way? Ultimately, we, who's do... the real winner here? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Although I did have someone go out to, to the movies this weekend. Uh, Melly went out to the movies this weekend and saw it. Uh, she said that she enjoyed it. She thought it was uh, it was funnier than, than expected. I can't wait to go watch it. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but Jexy coming in at three million, just as expected. Uh, there was not much hype for this. Ooh, guys! Like I said, we got tons of news. Just just to roll that in, we got our news reel. News reel, mm-hmm. and there was even more stuff that we could have talked about this week. I oh, tried yeah. to pick and choose the the kind of things that were more exciting or more head scratching, or you know, just yeah. I just I just tried to. Find the most more interesting of the 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 news and topics. Cool, bring us in, Ty. Um, so there's going to be a John Wick spinoff titled Ballerina. Whoa. Director Len Wiseman uh, has been slated to direct that feature. Is this is this exciting to you, Greg? No. Um, I I think that the the prospect of a spinoff. Well, first of all, I need to know more about this project before I can bet on it. Uh, and Len Wiseman doing. Uh, this uh, them having him do this spinoff, you know, he's done he's done movies like Underworld, which honestly I enjoyed, but um, he, he did Underworld, Underworld Evolution, he did Live Free or Die Hard, uh, Total Recall, which was his last feature, right? Uh, back in twenty twelve, right. so he hasn't directed a movie in about seven years. So and and other than that, he's done a bunch of TV. Uh, so am I excited? Not not really. I, I think that there's. There's more information that needs to be had before I could feel comfortable with this one being a a smasher, you know. It'll it'll be interesting. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Kate Beckinsale will have some part to play in the movie. I'm I'm pretty sure they're still married, but that's why he's done a lot of movies with her is because they are they were a couple at least back yeah. when all these movies happened. So we'll, I'm sure she'll be involved in in some, in some way. way, which which brings in money for them. So good for them. On, on sealing in this project, uh, Lionsgate I'm sure is is the studio behind it. So yeah. um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, guys. Um, casting news. Casting news. Let's do it. Uh, I find these to be fascinating and outside the box choices. Uh, first one: Neil Patrick Harris in Matrix Four. Whoa. I'm down. Whoa. <laughs> I am down. This is a completely new thing for him. Actually, uh, I actually just remembered this. He was in Starship Troopers. Really? Yeah. He oh. was one of the guys in Starship Troopers. Now I got to go back and watch that. Um, so he has done sci-fi before. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not completely new to him in, in, in the realm of like 
of of doing a sci-fi well, it's not a thriller but a sci-fi action movie all right but, we'll, we'll see we'll see how he does i mean he's he's a more experienced actor now and a little bit uh a little bit older though he does not look so um we'll see how we'll see how this works out especially with the original cast coming back like yeah. how does that blend we'll see that'll be interesting uh, also, um, I just remembered this as well. Joining the cast was uh, Yah- uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen. Okay. Uh, he was played the Black Mantis in Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Us. He was the the little girl's dad. Uh, also in Greatest Showman. Uh, this could be a big stepping role for him. Matrix Four is getting a lot of exciting casting. Yeah. I think is what we're hinting at. Yeah. So awesome there. Also exciting, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in Matt Reeves, The Batman, starring alongside Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. filling in a role that was last played by Anne Hathaway. Mm. This is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I've seen Zoe do a lot of critical roles throughout the year, and, and she's been developing her, her resume. Um, just goes to show, guys, it doesn't even matter if your dad's famous. Like You still got to work hard. You got to work your butt off. And she's doing exactly that. So kudos to Zoe Kravitz. This this Batman movie is starting to get me a little excited. Honestly, I don't know what it's going to be about. But the only thing that I'm not excited about is that Warner Brothers still doesn't have a plan. Hopefully this is the beginning of a plan. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, going off of Warner Brothers, uh, Jared Leno. Come on, guy. Anyway, Jared Leno. Leto. Leto, uh, he said that he was feeling alienated and was upset about not getting starred for the recent Joker release. You guys thought we were done talking about Joker. We're not. No, it's, it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Jared Leto said that, you know, well, basically from and, and my thing is like, why, why, why would you feel that way? The, the audience didn't receive it well. Um, Suicide Squad critically was not. Uh, acclaimed very well and and honestly it, it from from his method acting uh, he was a nightmare to work with um, uh, he he would quote unquote prank his co-stars with like dead animals ain't use condoms anal beads mm-hmm. sorry to to jump it up to a, a, a whole nother a, level, a whole nother <laughs> level but that, that that was the stuff that he was doing according to the hollywood reporter and and no, so uh, let me speak to you directly, Jared. Nobody, nobody wanted this, we, you know. That, and again, goes back to the same thing I was saying. Well, this is the only thing I could say. Warner Brothers realized that they made a mistake, and then moved off of it. Plus, this was a completely. Although, this argument could be said, this may have been more Jared Leto's. Leto's. Why am I saying Leno? I don't know. Jared Leto's. Uh, wheelhouse in terms of of a, of a joker character in terms of like the feel of the movie and that sort of stuff it might have been more in his wheelhouse if he had a script like this to work off of versus the script that he had for suicide squad because which suicide, was very comic booky yeah suicide squad was was more of that playful aspect and i think that he kind of went the the com- a completely different route but then again this is my theory the Joker and the recent Joker was not actually Joker. It was all in the mind of the character that we saw on screen. So, still goes to show, 
Warner Brothers doesn't have a plan. All of these things are disjointed. It's not working together. They're not keeping the cast and the and the 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 continuity together to have us invest in any of these films fully. So lead us off into some Netflix news, sir. Uh, yeah, we we can't go a week without some Netflix news. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's kind of a Netflix news. So after helping Netflix break through the Academy Award barrier with Roma, Alfonso Cuaron signs a multi-year de- uh, deal with Apple TV. Whoa. Well, Apple TV is trying to, to beef up its game to get into the... The, the thing that's scarier to me, to me about this is Netflix probably gave him a ton of support and money. Mm-hmm. What's Apple giving him? That's the for him to just be like... No, thanks, Netflix. I did one movie, and I'm good. I, I got Best Director, and that, that's all I needed. Wow. Which was his second win, by the way. So he's a multi-Oscar-winning uh, director. But still, he, he got his Oscar, and he bailed for Greener Pastures, which ultimately might be even more refreshing. I feel like Apple probably has a lot of interesting and cool technology that he can play with. He's very much into that kind of stuff so uh the this partnership could prove to bring some intriguing advancements to cinema true and they got money <laughs> i mean netflix you got money too but like apple got money apple got that real money um okay so sony intends to sell off riskier projects like Masters of the Universe to streaming services to limit risky financial ventures and focus on sure things. What's a sure thing, Sony? <laughs> Especially coming from Sony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what's a sure thing? We we just recap, well, we didn't just, but a couple episodes, we, we recapped what Sony openers did for the last quarter. The only big movie that you guys had was, was Spider-Man. And Once Upon a Time. Yeah, but that was forty million. Yeah, compared to Spider Man, one hundred. It's big for million. Tarantino. It is huge for Tarantino, but that's for Tarantino. Yeah, is it huge for Sony? I'm not sure. Yeah. right. <laughs> um, especially in the in the the way in which, um, you know, studios are capping over a hundred million, and and that seems to be the standard right now. Is you if you're not in the eighty five to hundred million dollar range, as one of the big six. I'm not talking about like. I'll even consider Lionsgate like one of your smaller studios, even though it's it's kind of cruising its way into the big six. But like, if you're not punching through that eighty-five million dollar threshold, especially like we're, we're gonna get into Gemini Man in a minute, but especially like when you have a studio like Paramount doing fifty-eight million or sorry, forty-seven million on their openers for the summer, what are you doing? Well, it's, it's interesting that, speaking of Paramount, they're following on the footsteps of what Paramount kind of did with some of their projects a couple of years ago. They had a movie called uh, God Particle, which got repurposed into Cloverfield Paradox mm. and got sold to Netflix. Got it. They sold international rights to a, to a movie called Annihilation with Natalie Portman uh, to give Netflix international distribution rights. Mm. So the... I, I know Paramount was criticized at the time, but it, I don't think that's the reason why they're a failing studio right now, yeah. is, is selling off some of the riskier things. I think in, in the end it could work, and 
especially when you have a movie like Masters of the Universe, which you don't know where that's even going to play. True. I think it could be smart. And by sure things, I think they mean, not that this is the greatest example, but like Angry Birds or something like that, where they know that they can get people in. Right. Or, um, they, like they, if they had decided to do this before, they could have sold off Men in Black International. Yeah. Like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So it's... I think they learned from that movie and they're trying to follow the the bad industry trend of you know only green lighting either sequels that they know are going to make money or I was going to say original properties but it's not original properties or like things that have like a following or known elements that'll get people in the theaters and I, I well this is the thing I think on the contrary I would if I was in charge of of Sony distribution which I'm not, I'm young, so I, what do I know? Um, but if I was in charge of Sony Distribution, I would go the opposite route. I'll go for, for talented young directors, unproven, right? I'll get medium, B-list stars, right? And I will go small budget. So if you bust, you bust small, but you market hard, right? You, so you, you put all that money behind the marketing rather than the stars. The, 100%. Yeah. Right, a forty million dollar budget. You you bust on on. Right now, you're putting out a hundred million dollars, a hundred fifty million dollars on a budget, and then you're busting hard, because you're not even made. You're not even meeting that point, right? But if you put twenty to forty million dollars on a on a on a not artsy film, I I don't want to categorize it as that. But you put for twenty to forty million dollars on a on a small budget film, right? And someone who wants to prove themselves that way, the hunger is there. And then you put, then you put the eighty million dollars on the marketing uh, aspect of things, and if it blows up, it blows up. Because in those situations, you have nothing to lose. But when you have something like Masters of the Universe, you're gonna shell out two hundred million dollars on on the production. Well, and to to your point, actually, because uh, I was about to say all the the good young directors are actually kind of been snatched up by Marvel, but uh, I was gonna bring up Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. So, Get Out cost four point five million right. to make, and ended up grossing one hundred seventy five million. Right. So Even it, in his second movie, Us, the budget was twenty million, and it still ended up finishing grossing around where Get Out did with one hundred seventy five million. So what I'm saying is that like, and and Get Out was the result. Sorry, Us was the result of Get Out. So you're looking at situations like that and it, with that that way you're able to shell out 20 films instead of four yeah and and if if you know if 16 bus you got four that will that might actually hit and do something that's going to bring you residuals for the next year don't go into the same trap of like you know oh we have uh we have gi joe four or gi joe five i think there's a four not even sure. I can't even keep track of, of those things anymore. But I think there was only two actually. <laughs> was, I, I don't even know. It's, or or Barbie's Dream Vacation. You know something like that. Like or 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 Pokemon or something like that. Right. Something that 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 ha- that is already there that people are kind of tired of. Go in this. Go into the situation where you're gonna start churning out films that are more uh, story oriented instead of CGI oriented 
and build some stars from that. That way you become the platform to launch. But egos and money and industry stuff, you guys, you all know where I'm coming from. <laughs> cool. So the the we said we were going to get back to Gemini Man. Which we are. Here it is. This was actually going to be our, our uh, getting real this week until something else came up, which we'll get into after this. But uh, we're still going to talk about it nonetheless because I find everything about Gemini Man weirdly fascinating. Mm -hmm. So Gemini Man was filmed in 120 frames per second, 4K, 3D. So just for people that don't know, the frames per second is the rate at which the film is... Uh, is being shot and most movies are 24 correct which the human eye could see uh, closer to 24 and 30 versus your 60 and 120 so in this format mm -hmm. there are only 14 theaters in the country that could show it the way that Ang Lee wanted it shown that's not a lot huh no. Hmm. There's only two out here in LA. You'd think that a lot of them would be out here, but they're spread thin. Pretty easy like evenly throughout the country. Right. Um So I just have to ask if only 14 theaters could show it, is it worth it then? And who is it on more to stop this decision? Is it Ang Lee who clearly loves the technology? because he had Billy Lynn's long halftime walk come out a couple years ago, or is it Paramount? I definitely put it on Paramount. You'll have the, un unless, again, I don't have the details about the agreement that went into them doing this, but if you could only, if you had, if you had a film that cost $130 million, that's, you know, $130 million, you want to see some returns on that. Would you only be able to put that would you only be able to put the best of that in 14 theaters or would you put that you know in a format that everyone could see now this being said there were different formats that were spread across to the other theaters you had your your uh 60 frames per second you had your yeah your uh, 24 frames per second in other theaters but what they're well, how they marketed it is 120 frames per second 4k 3d Mm -hmm. it's is the gimmick worth it and it like maybe if it would be like a cool like oh I'll catch this on Blu-ray or something like that like I'll be able to to see some returns there mm -hmm. but not everybody has a 4K 3D TV so really where does it stop where does it and the the way that I describe the frame the 120 frames per second is on your TVs the motion smoothening, mm -hmm. which to me gives it a very unnatural feel even in the way that the camera moves. Even though you can see a great amount of detail, it ultimately makes the movie look cheap because you're catching so much on camera. Right. So I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But I ultimately, think, but it was it, it, the 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 concept behind this is baffling. Mm -hmm. I, I think that gimmicks gimmicks are good, but give them some context, right? I could say that that Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, but then if I throw him in a swimming pool, 
he's not going to beat Michael Phelps. You know what I'm saying? So there's you there's, don't know that <laughs> there's context that needs to be brought into any com in any situational conversation, and you're not so you could give something full, but like it has the full potential to be like a strong gimmick. But if it's not, if it's not designed to perform in the places that you want it to, then is the gimmick really worth it or not? Because I, well, first of all. Remember when they had the Hobbit? I think it was mm -hmm. in in sixty frames per uh, per second. When the Hobbit came out in sixty FPS, a lot of people complained about nausea, about the disorienting nature of the film. This was not how they intend. You you just doubled up on that at one hundred and twenty frames per second. So in this case. Especially since the human eye and mind can only process at 24, well, best process at 24, was this worth it or not? You only have it in 14 theaters in the, in the nation. I don't know how many worldwide. Uh, and it's four, in 120 FPS 4K 3D, that's very niche. So It's very niche. Very niche. So if you were expecting like huge returns on, on this film, uh, it's, it's Paramount's fault. It's Paramount's fault. If you're, you know, they should have been like, listen, shoot the thing twice. If you don't have the money to shoot it twice, shoot it in, in 30. Find a different gimmick. Let the gimmick be the, the aging process of Will Smith and Will Smith going up against each other, spy movie, blah. That, that should have been it. But then you start to add these things and start to add this little niche and... and if if the expectation was that you were gonna open the twenty million dollars, like cool, that's fine. But I'm sure that after spending on one hundred and thirty eight, you want to see some some get back, and they probably will international. So, you know what, Paramount, I'm gonna stop bashing on you because I'm not in the board meetings. I, I don't know anyone at, at Paramount. I'd love to get to know you guys. I'd love to get to know all the studios, honestly, on a more personal level to kind of figure out what what's going on because some of these things logically to me don't don't make sense but i'm not in i'm not i'm not where you guys are at so it'd be interesting to find out to know you know i want to know what's going what's actually happening so it is interesting that you brought up the de-aging technology on will smith because that kind of leads us into our last newsreel topic mm -hmm. which will lead us into our getting real um robert de niro star of martin scorsese's the irishman which will be coming to netflix and theaters in like a month or so uh, actually had some really interesting things to say about de-aging technology, uh, saying that really it can only go so far, uh, and once it gets there, it becomes comic booky and cartoony. Ooh. I mean, I could see that, but at the same time, you're, it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, right? Hmm. I, I think that with where Do Robert De Niro was going with this one, he was looking at the the, the technology behind the de-aging process, kind of like, a, you know... Don't come to see the movie for the de-aging process. Come to see the movie because it's a good movie kind of situation. At least that's, that's what I'm getting from it. Uh, are you getting something different? Because, I mean, it's a, it's a clear-cut hit at, you know, at, uh, at Gemini Man and, and, and Marvel films and that sort of stuff, which is what we're going to lead into. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know because uh, I, I didn't provide this context before. He said these comments in regards to how did the de-aging process affect his performance. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you might actually 
be right that he's he's like that that shouldn't be the reason that you're coming to see this movie yeah uh that shouldn't even be a question it's Mm. just like it's part of it was part of the movie making it was part of the story yeah that i that i needed to be de-aged but that's not the reason that you should be have your butt in the seat yeah like like come come for the entire picture don't come for the for the paint you know I, I think that that's if I were to bring a proper analogy to it, the de, the de-aging technology is paint in a can. The painting is what you come to see, the the full picture, the story, the you know, and you you come because of the artist. You 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 don't really. It's like oh, that shade of blue is fantastic, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's like is this shade of blue really going to change the way in which we view the paint sometimes you don't even see the shade of blue in the painting like why i think that that's where he's at why are you putting so much emphasis and so much attention to just a detail of the full thing so whether i agree with him or not that's something different but i think that it goes there's a bigger bigger story behind this one and we we welcome to getting real um, we're getting we're, we're gonna we're gonna get real here real. and a lot of the things that we're gonna talk about are kind of an amalgamation of everything that kind of Greg and I try to put into every single one of these podcasts mm-hmm. which is what is even going on in the industry sure. what what is the state of it of, of the industry you have Titans like Steven Spielberg saying that n- filmmakers shouldn't go to Netflix you have all uh a tried and true filmmaker like Steven Soderbergh shooting his movies on an iPhone. You have uh, the 4K 3D high frame rate that's coming in theaters. And this is probably just the tip of the iceberg because who knows what James Cameron has planned for Avatar. <laughs> we, we don't even know that yet. But obviously the, there's there's such an interesting shift going on in Hollywood right now. You might and see the avatar come through and touch you on your face, guys. <laughs> it's really interesting because Martin Scorsese, in multiple interviews, has been making comments directly at Marvel movies, calling them theme park movies, and that they're invading cinemas, and he's calling on theaters to step up and show films that are narrative films. Mm. And then, so we have that. Right. And just recently, Edward Norton believes that the reason people aren't going to the movies is that the theaters are at fault, saying that more than 60% of American theaters uh, are playing their uh, project are projecting the movies at half the luminosity that they're required by contract to run it. They're delivering crappy sound and dim picture, and no one is calling them out on it. Then on the flip side of that, you have someone like Hugh Grant, who couldn't even sit through Joker because the sound was so loud that it made it unendurable. So so here here we have uh, issues with the narrative. We have issues with the the sight uh, quality. We have issues with the sound quality, all from three different people. And they're all saying different things, Mm -hmm. which all it says to me is that the industry is confused. Yes. So let's break it down. Now that we've given you all the the quotes and sound bites from all all the people, let's circle back to Scorsese first. Calling Marvel 
theme park movies mm-hmm. and wanting theaters to show films that are narrative films. Scorsese's a legend. He's big on film preservation. He's big on just movies in general. And I think that he's one of the reasons that film is so alive today Mm -hmm. is because of all his work to preserve it. All this makes me wonder is, what does he think a narrative film is? (laughs) And I, I didn't ask that to be funny, but like the, the aren't all films essentially narrative films they are all telling a narrative they're all telling a story whether the story is ridiculous or not it's a story nonetheless and i mean he he also made these comments he doesn't go see them Mm. because he doesn't see the point because he views them as theme park movies right i it the, the the comments kind of baffle me because i what yeah, what does he think a narrative film is? I'm I'm going back to that question again. What what in his mind is a narrative film? And honestly, I Yes, the Marvel movies are loud, ridiculous action movies, but there are some of them in there that have been able to reach out and speak to various people mm-hmm. and groups within America. Mm-hmm. And I think He's missing the point of that. So yes, while there are big loud explosions, there's CGI, there's... Which I don't think he cares about using CGI. He uses CGI in a lot of his movies. Hello, de-aging technology. Right. But yeah, I I think he's missing the point of something. I think think that... Well, the first thing that he says in in, uh, the report from The Hollywood Reporter is that he says it's not... Cinema, it's something else, which might be true. So I don't think that Scorsese is actually like giving a punch to 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 Marvel directly, but which goes to show probably not his taste. That's all good. Doesn't you don't have to like it for other people to like it. Uh, but like I said before, when you have a plan, and this this is way bigger than than the art form itself, right? Uh, you might have impressionist art and then you have uh realism i'm talking about paintings now right i'm I'm not even i'm not i'm not connected to the art world at all so i might be completely wrong but you, you have impressionist art you have realist art right you have comic book art can you not appreciate all for what they are it might be in in separate categories right so let's let's look at this let's look at this carefully um Something like Joker. Which he was originally attached to as an executive producer. Correct. Right? Is, is a twist on a comic book, but the art form is different. It feels different. The, the taste of it is different. And actually a lot of it is mimicking Scorsese. Right. Right? So, the, to say, to say and, and that's... that's in essentially a DC film, right? It's not Marvel, right? It's a DC film, but it is a comic book movie. So you can't throw that into the mix that uh, these, you know, these comic book or... Well, he, he directly attacked Marvel 
But then let's look at it again. You have art, you have you have abstract, you have impressionist, you have realism, right? Let's look at the same universe. You have a movie like Avengers, and then you have Logan. Like we said, part of the same universe, two different art forms. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a little bit, I don't want to say ignorant. Naive. It's a little bit naive. Thank you. It's a little bit naive for, for Scorsese to go out on, on a limb and say, you know, that, that Marvel movies aren't cinema because you clearly have a cinematic experience through, through Logan. Logan was beautiful, right? And Avengers is fun and is suited to a different crowd and feels a lot different. Um, and then you have things like Blade, which doesn't feel like a Marvel movie at all. Well, at least, you know, it, not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll see. How, <laughs> we'll see how they transform that little uh, little piece of monstrosity. But I can't wait to see. I think this is this is just a threat to the the older filmmakers, older filmmakers and older uh, pieces to the puzzle in in Hollywood. Because even uh, Jennifer Aniston had something to say about the cartoony gimmicky thing and uh in in her uh when she was being interviewed for her latest role with steve carell i forget the name of the show they, they asked her why is she going back to tv she said she's going back to tv because uh her agent keeps on forcing her into uh these cartoony uh comic book movies and she doesn't want to do that which is which is fine it's the the beauty of cinema for everyone. Obviously, the Marvel movies are not to Scorsese's taste. Mm -hmm. That's fine. He's allowed to not want to see those movies. Correct. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about... Uh, we were talking about uh, Todd Phillips' comments on comedy. You know... If, if you don't want to, you have a choice. As a consumer, you have a choice, right? You have a choice and, and they, have, they have the right to, to make films or make products that they want. If no one buys them, then they won't be made. It's that simple. Which, speaking of for Scorsese, no one would make The Irishman. Netflix was the stu only studio to say, sure, we'll give you the money to make that. In fact, we'll give you the technology to de-age them so that you don't have to cast other actors throughout the process. You can keep De Niro, you can keep Pesci, you can keep Al Pacino, and we'll just make them look younger. And you get the quality from the, from the human being when you, when you have the technology to do that. And, and Steven Spielberg was the one who was bashing him. So you're absolutely right. There's, there's a rift going on between the, the new and the experienced, the, the upcoming wave, and this always happens. Closer to some of our first episodes that we talked about Netflix coming to take over the same way that Amazon took over the bookstores, the same way that television took over the radio. This happens in life, guys. It, it just it just is what it is. And, and the, the ones in power will always try to suffocate what's coming, but it's coming. So, but I, I think the, the most important thing, and we touched on this again when we talked about Todd Phillips, is there are some people adapting, and then there are some people complaining. Correct. 
And right now it sounds like Scorsese is doing both. He's adapting <laughs> and complaining. And complaining. Yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to like it. You just gotta you gotta roll with it. Or and, like uh, certain artists like like uh, Chappelle, you, you just you just do you and forget everything else. Just be ready for for the backlash. That's, yeah. that's all it is. You just get you just you brace yourself or you let people know. It's like I'm I don't, I don't, I don't really care what happens. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna do me. And I and I get it. Scorsese's probably frustrated about silence. Mm-hmm. How that took first off took him so long to make. It was a passion project of his. It flopped. Nobody saw it. And so then nobody wanted to make his make his movies. Which is crazy to think about. Is no studio would take on a Scorsese movie, especially him going back to a gangster movie, which is his wheelhouse. Yeah, his wheelhouse, having produced some of the best gangster movies out there mm-hmm. it's I understand his frustration mm-hmm. but I think he's channeling it the wrong way yeah the same same with Ed Norton like the the fact that the the industry is down is because no one's taking chances on movies anymore and even when they do take chances on movies the studio it's not it's not that it's not that that Artists and actors and directors aren't taking chances on movies. The studio's not taking the right chances on movies. And then the ones that are, and I've said this before, are Netflix, mm-hmm. are Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... And it, it's, a, it's a win for them because it's a content grab. And look at the filmmakers they're getting. They're getting Quaron. They're getting Scorsese. They're getting uh, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. The Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's just an interesting shift and some are adapting and some are not. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a wake-up call to the studios. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been saying this also for a while. Mm -hmm. I keep patting us on the back, but we actually have been saying this for a while. Yeah. Um, Make the movies that people want to see. Yeah. I think the, I, they're getting tired of the the sequels, the remakes, the reboots, mm-hmm. the I mean who cares if they're a short thing? It's just it's, you, you grab make, grab original content. Correct. And and honestly, so going back to what Sony's Sony's doing, right? They 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 are selling the property for masses of the universe. Could you imagine if they gave Scorsese full blank check? Make make the Irishman, get us a get us a nomination this this uh this winter. Are, are you is that not worth the money? I, I'm not even sure how much Scorsese's paid for or or got funded for for this film. Tyler's gonna look up those facts right now. But are you kidding me? Are you kidding me to to be back on top to be back in a position of of power? You you just gave away twenty five percent of 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 Spider Man. You're you're passing up on on not sure things to go after sequels and remakes. When you have someone like Scorsese who's knocking on the door for everyone to let him in, and Netflix is the one that goes and goes out and gets the content, it's probably gonna get nominated again this year. So the budget on uh, Irishman is 160 million. 160 million. <laughs> you're paying more than that on on Angry Birds. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
come on, guys. This this would have been, you know, especially the Irishman is releasing later on this year, correct? It's mm-hmm. it's closer to December. I think it's like end of an end of November, end, maybe early December. End of November, which is right before Star Wars, which I honestly believe is not going to do that well. That's just my belief. I know that that it's the last part of the season, but no one's really year over year. I've seen a decline of of interest in this. Disney has even given up on it to a certain degree. There's not much. There's there's a little bit of marketing for it, but it's not it's not a lot. It's not the way that they marketed the first one. Well, uh, episode. Oh, they're thinking about Disney Plus. Correct, and Disney Plus is no money right now. So they they're gonna throw this in and be like, huh. We, we gave you... you <laughs> it's know, over. It's over, yay. Well, the, uh, they've even said after this that they're going to pump the brakes on a lot of s- the Star Wars movie, release them less frequently. Yeah. Like they, they realize that they oversaturated their own market. Absolutely. And and that's that's a company that knows. And I, I know that I keep on praising Disney, but they there's a, there's a plan. Um, any, any company that has a plan, even if it's a bad plan, even if it's not good for the consumer, at least they have a plan. And after they release this this latest Star Wars movie, they're gonna build hype around the Mandarin. They're gonna build hype around all the other stuff that they got going on. They got Frozen Two coming out, which I think is gonna do phenomenally well. But I think it's a couple years too late. Who? But they got a plan. And everyone else, everyone else in the industry is blaming each other for what's going on. While you have studios like Disney, who's the only original studio that's adapting to the new system, and you have Amazon. Uh, Apple, uh, Apple Plus, uh, or Apple TV, or whatever Apple's calling themselves these days, and Netflix coming in with with big hitters. I could I could almost assure you that Netflix uh, that uh, Matrix Four, if it was left up in the air, would have been one of the new studios as well. And I'm calling them studios. You see you see what's happening already. Yeah. I'm calling them studios. Amazon is a bookstore. I'm calling them studios already. Well, they're not even a bookstore. They're in a website. They're, right? They started as a website. Right? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> uh, Netflix is a, is, a, is a movie rental company. They didn't even have original content a few years ago. So you, you see what I'm saying? And, I, and it's even with these directors that they're taking on, they're letting them take risks. They're letting them take chances. So even though the final product might not be the best, mm-hmm. they're still giving top-notch filmmakers a chance to put out product that no other studio would make. They're they're giving the they're giving the filmmakers an opportunity to be artists, and that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. So guys, we're coming down to our last segment. Thank you for sticking around with us. For so long, this is episode number thirteen. I should start putting that in the intro. <laughs> put that in the intro for next week. Do number fourteen. We're excited, Tyler. It's, it's phenomenal the time that we spend together doing this. Uh, like Tyler said, we never thought we'll we'll be doing this this long. This this episode was exciting. This got me jazzed. Yeah. I, I'm excited about this. But going into our future real segment, this is the segment that we talk about movies. Releasing this Friday, major movies. We can't go over all the, all the the platforms. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week we have Maleficent two. This Spe- is- speaking of 
a topic that we were talking about. We have two sequels coming out. <laughs> we we have two se- two short things coming out. <laughs> we have Maleficent to Mistress of Evil, and we have Zombieland Double Tap. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for Zombieland Double Tap. It's, it's just me. There's personal personal excitement around that. I I, I love those guys on screen. It's, uh, Should. It- it's gonna be nothing but a good time. Yeah, that that's all it is. Pop popcorn and soda movie. Popcorn and soda movie. But uh, uh, Maleficent. Go for it. Uh, Greg's favorite box office pro with another range of uh, forty to fifty-five million. Who do I need to talk to? <laughs> Over at pro box office, who do I need to talk to? Find a number, guys. Find a number. Jeez. I'm so. Sp- of the sequels, I'm surprised. Even though the first one opened to nearly seventy and did over two hundred million total box office, really surprised to kind of see a sequel about the uh, from this movie. Granted, I haven't seen the first one. Uh, Not missing. So, so I can't really speak to to it. It's just the the numbers don't lie. It got a sequel, but I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm having trouble with words and bumbling over stuff, but it's Maleficent, and for some reason my brain just decided to, to quit. Anyway, <laughs> 40 to 55 million. I'm going to go low on this. I'm going to take 40. I, I just don't see it. I think you and I are on the same, on the same level. However, I'm going to anticipate the, the crowd on this one and, and go on the upper end at 50 a full 10 million over Tyler. And this the the reason why I'm doing that is because whereas I'm not asking for this movie, I didn't even want the first one. There are a lot of Maleficent fans out there and and it is the it should be the last one from what I'm hearing, but who knows. And and you know, my gut my gut tells me 40 is the right answer. So remember this for next week when Tyler wins the hit some riff segment. <laughs> My gut is telling me forty million. And you want to know why? Disney has a way of pushing their films and directing them a certain way. Not directing in terms of like a director, but in terms of their marketing. Maleficent hasn't really gotten that push. It's a couple years too late um, on the film. The film was made in uh, two thousand fourteen, so a couple years late on the on this sequel specifically, and then. Uh, so, which I've forgotten the plot from the first one, um, and then um, my second point is that it's it, it's a weird weekend. It's a weird weekend. It's it it. But I'm 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 gonna I have to go against Tyler, guys. Like you you see how <laughs> this goes. Tyler does forty. I was gonna guess forty, but I can't say because I, I let Tyler go first, right? I was gonna guess forty, but Tyler went forty, so now I have to like rebuttal with something that's you know, that's 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 intelligent and, and eloquent. And Tyler, so I'm going fifty. I'm gonna go fifty on that. That was a long rant to just say I'm gonna I'm going fifty. Fifty on. For some reason, we're both tripping up over this movie. Uh, one <laughs> one last thing before we move on to Zombieland, I think sometimes too the Disney sequels don't really work out. Because I remember the first Alice in Wonderland, directed by Tim Burton, opened over a hundred million, and then the second, and then the second one did like twenty. Yeah, 
So it's just it's just uh, you know it's kind of like which I don't think that Disney minds. I think that it's their version of uh, video on demand or or straight to DVD. Except that they're not going straight to DVD because people are just going to stream it and then they have to pay the rights on it. So um, going into their streaming service, you'll see a lot more of these starting to impact that. They'll have the initial release, unless it's like your your Avengers that's that's guaranteed over 200 million. They're probably going to start doing stuff like this and, and, uh, and uh, what, what do you call it? Frozen 2 and that sort of stuff is going to go straight to streaming uh, platform. But for now... To keep the interest alive out there, they're gonna have this go out to to the movie theaters, gross as much as they can, and then then throw that on on DVD, Blu-ray, and, and make the money off of that, and then put it on streaming services because it's gonna it's gonna be on the streaming service. I can promise you that. Well, I mean, they're, they're already kind of doing that anyway with with Disney Plus. That's where Lady the live action Lady and the Tramp's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's honestly probably where Doolittle should go. Yep. Which we didn't even mentioned that trailer earlier that 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 is also something that could have gone into our uh, news segment because there's a lot of interesting stuff out there about that movie Mm -hmm. um seems like that was just a disaster to make but uh yeah so 40 million for me Mm -hmm. 50 million for for me box office pro (laughs) hedging their bets going with the range of 40 to 55 million don't need to stop zombieland double tap hmm Again with a range from pro. Range from 24 pro. to 34. I'm, me off. I'm yeah. thinking this one, I'm, I'm going to go right in the middle toward high of this and go with 30. 30 million. That's on the upper end. Um, you going to $1 me? Nah. Oh. <laughs> uh, not, even, not even a dollar below. I think that this is... For me, again, a couple of years too late. I'm excited for this movie. I enjoyed Zombieland, the first one, uh, and I, you know, and it only opened to to 24 uh, back in 2009. This is a 10-year gap. It just means the studio got no content to throw out. They're just throwing this out. It's a cash grab, guys. Well, you get my money. Um, I'm, but I'm, I'm thinking that it's gonna do somewhere close to the original one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go 22 million on this one just under i don't think that this uh this is not a sequel that's going to be like yeah let's go big on it oh yeah i'm going to go watch zombie land 2 yeah you're going to have a bunch of guys like me but then this that's 10 years too late that was my second year of college Ooh, yeah so long ago i know 10 years so and again i think the because after the first one, they originally tried to turn it into a TV show mm-hmm. on Amazon, filmed the pilot, released it. Bonkers. Got terrible word of mouth and reviews and things like that. So they ended up not going through with the TV show. No. They were finally able to get the gang back together. Uh, Emma Stone would love has come out and said that she would love to make one of these movies every 10 years just like kind of like as a reunion thing which will be cool i think that would be fun yeah and that that's all that i think this movie is going to be is just fun yeah i think like if they marketed it that way five years ago <laughs> we would have been excited for we would have been more excited for it this actually probably would have doubled what they are projecting on it now mm-hmm. if it had come out five six years ago yeah 
So I'm I'm on the I'm on the twenty two. I think it's gonna do just under. Um, but I'm excited to go watch it. And mostly anything that Emma Stone is in, I'm excited to go watch. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it. So that was our hits and whiffs segment, and uh, that was our future real segment. Oh, that was yeah, that was. Ooh. That's our future hits and whiffs segment. <laughs> but that's our future real segment. Maleficent stole my brain. Still, <laughs> still messing with me. So that was our future reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This was uh, oh, we threw a lot of information at you guys. There was uh, there was a lot that we wanted to get out and say and. Uh, the industry is just such an ever-changing entity, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fascinating to even see people like Spielberg and Scorsese and all these people just go nuts. It's just fun. <laughs> it's just fun. I, I I feel like they're just like us. They do not know what to make of what's happening right now, so they're speaking their mind. Yep. And, and we're going to get more of that and more of that until it changes and it's going to be normal. It's going to be normal. People didn't want to shift from, from BlackBerry to, to iPhone. The shift was made. Now, that's all people use. Which is just bonkers. To think about. Because Blackberries are terrible. <laughs> I hated having a BlackBerry. Yeah, I love my BlackBerry, bro. I, but I think I, I almost iPhone. hated that as much as I hate Andrew Garfield. Whoa. Ooh, I had to get one in. Anyway... I'm, uh, I'm still a fan, Andrew. I'm still a fan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Greg. Thank you for listening. And this has been For Real. Real.